0: It's been 15 years since Hurricane Katrina ravaged New Orleans and the Louisiana coast. Winds from the Category 3 storm reached speeds as high as 120 miles per hour. The storm killed close to 2,000 people, devastated property, and left millions homeless. Chauncey Willis was working in emergency management at the time and was assigned to the Center for Disease Control. She watched as other team members were deployed to the area. And she worried.
1: I saw a city that I used to live in, in crisis. And having been there throughout my college experience, and having evacuated myself a time or two, and having worked with different organizations while I was there to benefit the community, I knew that the recovery was going to be extended. But I also knew, unfortunately, that it would be used as an opportunity to gentrify New Orleans. And that's actually what happened. When you look at the recovery years later, the downtown areas, uptown, and the more affluent areas have completely recovered. But when you go to the lower ninth nice Board, when you go to the areas where more people of color reside, they have not recovered.
0: She witnessed that the color of your skin and your economic status was determining how long your recovery would be, if you recovered at all.
1: As we see, many did not recover. Many lost their familial property because they didn't have the... Similar what happened in Puerto Rico, if um, you didn't have access to the correct documentation, um, the government didn't always give you your property back. Also, people were evacuated to Utah in areas where they had no way to get back.
0: She says she couldn't understand why they would send people thousands of miles away rather than coming up with other alternatives.
1: So you begin to look at policy. And why was it so easy to move that population? But that population, you offered up alternatives on high ground. For me, I knew it was going to be bad for women. I knew it would be bad for the black people I saw. I knew it would be bad for the brown people, the Vietnamese. I knew it was going to be bad for anybody of color. And
0: that's what happened. Chauncia founded the Institute for Diversity and Inclusion in Emergency Management as a way to help change the lack of representation in the industry. And now the former Tampa Emergency Management Coordinator has partnered with Tidal Basin, a leading emergency management and disaster recovery consulting firm, to establish scholarships for minorities studying emergency management. Title Basin CEO Daniel Craig says he really wanted to do something that would change the system where the population they serve is diverse, but white men make up 82 percent of the leadership.
2: How can we really change the system is what I was looking at and creating a scholarship that doesn't change it for today, but will change it for five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, creating a scholarship that hopefully will endure and that can get more people of color into this industry and build them from the ground up to moving through their careers and being at the top levels.
0: Craig says the field of emergency management is vast and incorporates everything from advising first responders to helping someone replace a window that was broken during a hurricane to running a shelter.
2: If you're in a hurricane situation, which here in Virginia you may be, it's how do we prepare for sheltering or hurricane activities and dealing with covid at the same time and making sure people are not only safe from a mother nature event but also you know social distancing and being safe while covid is also going on
1: we must acknowledge it and be held accountable for each person and no longer term some people as expendable because they don't have the financial wherewithal to purchase their preparedness
0: for another view I'm Lisa Godley.